0: Okay, fine, we're taking the stairs up. This is so scary. There's like holes in these stairs so you can see through it. It's kind of dangerous. Okay, we're here. Hi, I'm Samantha Ming. I love podcasts. I also love attending events, especially tech events. So I thought it'd be cool if I made a podcast about that. In this podcast, I'll be documenting all the events I attend. You'll hear my thoughts and summary of it. My goal is to have you experience what I experience in an audio format. Enough chatter. Let's get started. Excuse us, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> One, two. Three. This episode, I attend a free event called Pitching 101, Learn How to Present Your Business in a 90-Second Elevator Pitch. It's a complimentary event hosted by the organizers of ProtoHack. ProtoHack is a business hackathon where you and your team attempt to build a business in less than 12 hours. For those who are interested, I'll link up the details in the show notes. The networking already started when I arrived. There were roughly around 40 people at the event. It was hosted at a co-working space in Gastown, Vancouver. The goal of this event is to provide some guidance of how to deliver a pitch. They recruited two speakers tonight, Paul and Kevin. Paul is the owner of a consulting firm for entrepreneurs and startups where he coaches them how to present and pitch to investors. This first clip, Paul talks about what early stage investors are really looking at during your pitch.
1: Early stage investors are looking at you. They want to know why you are doing this. Who are you? Why should I invest in you? The reality is, is you're probably gonna pivot, uh, pivot multiple times before you actually figure it out. But what an investor is looking for is, are you gonna be able to navigate through those pivots? Are you gonna be able to make strong, concise, uh, valid decisions that are actually quantified? Can I trust you that you're actually gonna be able to push the business forward? So a large part of what they're looking for is you.
0: The next clip, Paul talks about what you should really ask for in your pitch.
1: Ultimately, what I always recommend to people is what you should be looking for is m and And in that exact order, mentors, network, and money. The reason that that is stated is because one will technically lead you to the other. So if you have a good mentor, he's going to mentor you or they're going to mentor you and they're going to show you how to create network or they're going to introduce you to network or teach you how to properly navigate that network, right? Especially if you don't have a lot of experience at it. If you have a strong network, well, the bigger your network, the more access (coughs) potentially to capital that you have. And you might not even know it. Sometimes you don't even know until you start
0: asking A lot of people, when giving their pitch, try to cover everything or go super in-depth. Paul talks about why this is a mistake.
1: The thing that I would recommend to all of you, if you're doing a 90-second pitch, say, um, even arguably in a two-minute, because it's not that much more, the reality is that sometimes we get in our own heads we become non-objective and non-subjective. To us, everything's important. But you have to know about how big this is, and you have to know that this thing does this, and oh my God, and this is the language I'm building it in. Right? Most of the time, they don't care. These are the things they care about. What is the problem? How are you solving it? Who's involved? What's the opportunity? And what are you asking for to make it happen? The key part of this is remember that this is really just to get a further conversation. This is flirting, right? This is a flirt. I want to get the further conversation. I want to get that coffee. Because I do have people that have asked me like, well, why 90 seconds anyway? And I say to them, well, 90 seconds, sure, you're not going to get a check from 90 seconds. Absolutely. But what you will get is a further conversation.
0: Up next is Kevin. He's a fellow Toastmaster. His talk is about public speaking, what makes a good delivery, and what common mistakes to avoid. In this first clip, Kevin talks about avoiding vampire filler words in your speech.
2: You definitely want to be avoiding the use of these vampire filler words. And these are words such as ums and ahs and sos and likes and you knows. I'm still working on my ums and ahs. I don't know how many I've given tonight. I'm going to have to ask time now, maybe one or two. But instead of doing an um or an aw ah or a like or a so or a you know, just pause. Just stop and pause. You don't want to pause too long because you only got 90 seconds.
0: Have you ever forgotten something while you're delivering your speech? Kevin provides some insights on what you should do and shouldn't do.
2: But if you did forget something, don't apologize. Never apologize. They don't know what your speech is. They don't know every single particular item within your speech. The only person that really does, knows that is you. And so if you did forget something, you or a... just forget it, just keep it. Keep the show moving, and you definitely want to be finishing strong and with confidence, because I, I think as Paul had alluded to earlier, what they're also looking at is you as an individual, right? So you want to present yourself as a strong, as a, as a strong, confident individual who knows what your particular business ideas are, are about and how that then would benefit the potential investor.
0: Don't forget in your pitch that you always end with an ask or call to action. Tell your potential investors what you need. Don't let them guess. Be specific and tell them exactly what you're looking for.
2: Conclusion is really your final opportunity to get your point across. In some cases you might want to be reinforcing your main particular point just so that it sticks in that person's mind. For persuasive speeches, you definitely want to be leaving, I think, with a call to action at the end. Toastmasters love a call to action. It definitely gets people uh, uh, to do something, especially within an elevator pitch. If your call to action is that you want a second meeting or that you want to be able to go for a coffee and explain a little bit more, then you need to have sort of that ask at the end of it.
0: The last point Kevin shares is what you can do to improve your pitch and public speaking in general.
2: What I usually like to do is record myself. Uh, It's a horrible thing to do, especially if you're not comfortable hearing your own voice. But it's better for you to record yourself and hear what you're saying than have somebody who may well be uh, determining your own particular fate uh, as an entrepreneur, to hear you first. So you definitely want to be hearing yourself first. What I do is I record myself, listen to it, and go, oh, no, that sucks, that sucks, Uh, this is not coming across well, I cannot uh, pronounce this word, and then I go back and I revise it, and I listen to it again. I also, if I'm really brave, I then even will record myself on video and start looking at a few different gestures and seeing how I'm doing that. And by doing that, you definitely will be improving.
0: With the speeches over, it was time for the audience to pitch. I'm not going to go into the details of each pitch, because it's quite long. Instead, I'll give you a rapid fire round. You ready? Let's go.
2: I'll just start with this. It's a lucrative business. It's a platform for urban farmers. Very simple process. Why us? Make sure that you have the ass. Don't
1: apologize. It's about the requirements of passion. I'm Treat super you, uh, passionate about <laughs> it. Hey, y'all. Uh, the problem Uber for my lunch. Thank you. Yo, I'm still kind of bad. We had really amazing icon. Well, it does or it doesn't.
0: Uh, one of the problems, so what I want to build
2: is a whiteboard system. Um, I thought it was
1: really good. Right, uh, my name is John, and my project is called Wild. We are not rational. Don't apologize. We make short-term emotional choices that compromise our long-term. Don't apologize. We're the stage and we CTO guidance, uh, fintech guidance. Everything before that, fantastic.
0: And that concludes the event. But don't go yet! You still haven't heard my review of the event. In terms of the speakers, they were good choices. Paul talked about the structure of a successful pitch, while Kevin talked about the delivery of a pitch. Overall, this was a good event, and I'm glad I attended. I had intentions of pitching, Not because I had a business idea brewing up from before. But whenever given a chance to speak, I always try to take that opportunity because I'm a super nervous speaker and I hate that. So I'm thinking if I keep practicing, maybe eventually it'll become so normal for me that I can speak to the crowd like I'm speaking to my friends without getting nervous. I would recommend this event to anyone who's in the process of building a business or plans on building a business. Here's the thing. You're not just practicing your pitch to get some money from an investor. When you're building out a business, you're going to be pitching to potential co-founders. You need to convince them why they should join your team. You'll be pitching to customers. You need to tell them why they should buy your product. You'll also be pitching to your parents maybe to get some extra funding or even a stranger on the bus who happens to be the nephew of the famous investor Chris Saka. Pretty much you'll be pitching to anyone who is willing to give their time to listen. Because you just never know when the opportunity will present itself, and you need to be ready. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this very first episode of the Events Podcast. There will be more episodes coming your way, so don't forget to subscribe. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. You can email me at eventspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Samantha Ming. Thank you for listening to the episode.